0: to so-
1: Today's episode, Within the Authentic creative called the embodied woman feel seen heard validated supported and inspired through the conversations on the embodied woman podcast a new mini series which is now living within the authentic creative podcast empowered dance expert and spiritual coach amber Sousa and me mountain breathwork reiki master of masters will hold space for the deepest expansion expression and empowerment as a woman trusting her own authority with these conversations with other empowered women. Our guests will have the opportunity to share themselves authentically in a safe space. Amber and I so look forward to supporting conversations and meeting our guests where they're at within their journey. So let's dive in. Little intro
2: to how I know Jana. Jana just wrote a book, it's called Unfuck Your Mind. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, that, baby. I mean, enough said, right? Like, this is. <laughs> we, we know who we're about to have a conversation with. She's like, I'm getting straight to the point. There's nothing sugarcoating it. So, how I met Jana was because I'm also writing a book. And our publisher, Samantha Joy, put us together because she thought it would be really helpful to have an accountability buddy to check in with. And because we also have a lot in common. Jana. Her whole book is all about living the life that you were meant to live. It's pretty cool. We have a similar message and some similar experiences. That said, I'm going to go ahead and read her bio because it'll give you a little bit more insight into what I'm talking about. Jana Johnson is a born and raised Texas girl. She is the host of the Revive with Jana podcast and author of her soon to be released book, unfuck your mind. She is a mindset coach, holistic nutritionist, and integrative nutrition health coach, and a narcissist abuse navigator. It is her passion to teach others how to revive from the inside out so they can feel their very best. Jana learned during her battle with Lyme, hypothyroidism, candida, and leaky gut, the power of food as medicine. However, it was when she shifted her mindset to believe she could heal herself 100% that allowed her to do what she had to do to get her life that Jana is unapologetically and unfiltered and authentic. And I can't wait for you to meet her. Yay!
3: Hello, oh. that was a beautiful introduction. I mean, that was absolutely amazing. Thank you for that.
2: Oh, you're so welcome. We're so happy to be here with you and hear more of your story and learn more about your book and all the reasons why you're an expert on navigating narcissistic behavior.
3: <laughs> well, thank so- you. Thank you for having me. I'm really excited to be on your show and appreciate y'all having me just to kind of share the message. I think so. Sometimes all people really want to feel is not alone, mm. you know, and just knowing that someone else made it through it, whether it's Lyme disease or a tumultuous marriage or just a really rough time, anything with health. It's just nice sometimes to just see like, Hey, someone else has been here and they made it, they made it through. Mm.
2: Mm. I love that. Amen. That's why we all do what we do, right? We yes. hope that, that our experience can somehow touch another life and give someone's
3: hope. hundred percent.
2: Yeah. Mm. Golden,
1: every part of your story. Thank you.
3: Thank you very much. It's really. Really hard sometimes when adversity comes our way to not just stay in the victim mindset. I think Mm. a lot of the times our initial reaction when something happens, because you're not expecting it, right? And I think it's just like, it's the always like, why is this happening? Why me? I need a break. And I think that's totally normal. It's just, we can't stay in that victim mindset though. Mm -hmm. You know, that's the hard part. And that's a lot of what my book is about. It's not just the overcoming, it was why I reacted the way I did to things. why the victim mindset didn't work we're all a product of our environment some people don't like that because they think it means it's something negative. But the truth is that we all act and behave based upon how we grew up and the environment we grew up. And that's how our reactions are based. And so that's not always a good thing in a sense of maybe our parents made us feel like we weren't good enough or they didn't, we weren't told we were loved enough or whatever it was. For me, I've always felt invisible growing up hmm. and I lived in a very critical household. And so it was that feeling of like I, there was nothing ever good enough. That and becomes that your internal me. voice. It was. It carried with me. And through into life until I realized I let everyone else put these negative labels on me. But the thing was, they were handing me the label and I was taking it and putting it on. It was time to take those damn labels off. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of what my book is about. It's just, you know, who are we without all that crap? Mm-hmm. And you can either live with it every single day and it can be your anchor and let the weeds grow over you, or you can just pull all the damn weeds out. And when you do that, then you can have your beautiful garden, right? And everything blooms.
1: I love that analogy. That's gorgeous. I'm curious what life experience has been significant for you where you were just never the same afterwards?
3: There were two. I go in depth with these in the book and I call them the catalyst. So the first catalyst that prompted change was Lyme disease. It came, I was 30 years old. This was been 12 years ago. I had no health problems, you know, other than just the minor things. And then one day I I just couldn't function. And so it took a year and a half of living in pure hell twenty-four seven, almost a million minutes until a doctor found out what was making me so sick. At that mm. point, it was chronic Lyme. There's been lots of leaps and bounds and changes with Lyme disease now, but it still is a disease where there's not a one size fits all on what's going to get you well, or if you will. I have three kids now, but back then I just had my two oldest, they were two and four and I was super mom and I worked and I you know felt like I did it all. And then I was a shell of a woman. Mm-hmm. I didn't know who I was. I couldn't remember my kids' names. The bacteria had infected my brain so bad. Oh, wow. I had an invisible disease. So people would look at me it'd be like, y'all looking at me now. And I'm sitting here talking about how bad I feel. And you're like, well, she's just complaining. Yep. She looks fine. I was not fine. I would pray at night that I didn't wake up the next morning. Mm. God, if you love me, don't let me wake up the next morning oh. and feel this way. I would pray for my faith to break because if my faith breaks, I'll give up. And the thing is, is that... You know, I had my very first keynote speech I gave was called my inner warrior. And it's what it, this was about. Your inner warrior is that part of you. It's your faith that you don't realize is just there. It's just like, it's that, that coal, right? from the fire that just stays burning. And when the tough times come knocking on your door, that inner warrior kicks in. Hmm. We all have it.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: We just got to stop feeling sorry for ourselves sometimes. Mm-hmm. You got to pull yourself up by the bootstraps, as we say here in Texas, <laughs> put your big girl panties on <laughs> and nobody else is going to do anything for you. They're just not. Yeah. you got You got one option and that's you. That was my first catalyst to the change. One day when I realized it was the day I almost took my life. I was on an overpass. I was by myself. I was so sick. I couldn't remember my kids' names or my address or where I lived. And if it wasn't for the cars beneath me, I was just going to veer off because I didn't want to live in that hell for one more second Hmm. inside my body. That was the moment that brought me to my knees when I got home. And I said, God, if you're putting me through this and what really truly, and I still get emotional talking about this, this many years later which by the way, I healed myself hundred percent. And I did that by using food as my medicine and not my poison and starving the disease out. That's mm-hmm. what led me to being a nutritionist. But when I got home that day, I just thought my kids were not put here on this earth with me as a mom like this. They deserve better. So I know God has something else for me. And I told him, if you are putting me through this just to help one more person, God, then send me through it. I will try to do different with you, but I need your help. Mm-hmm. And the reason I share that, that was the turning point in Lyme disease where I realized I was in a victim mindset and it's like, well, Janet, you should be. Well, yeah, but what was it going to do for me?
0: Mm-hmm.
3: What was I going to do to sit around and mope and cry? Not a damn thing. And I didn't have anyone. My ex-husband now, who was my husband then, it, he didn't care. My, my dad never called me once. Mm-hmm. My mom at that time, didn't. nobody gave a shit.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: I was alone. I had two little kids and a full-time nanny. I didn't have a soul. Mm -hmm. and that was when I realized it was all up to me and when my thinking towards mindset changed and I went from this is a life sentence to I'm gonna get well I don't know how I looked in the mirror and I said fuck Lyme I couldn't look at myself at the time so Mm -hmm. I'd been about over a year and a half until I'd looked really in a mirror at me
0: Mm -hmm.
3: and I just said fuck Lyme Mm -hmm. you're not gonna you're not gonna win I'm gonna win And when I did that, what I didn't realize ladies was that looking back about a year after that, I realized that that was a turning moment. I didn't know in the moment it was Mm -hmm. because it, to me, every day was like a, it was like a blur. But when I looked back, I realized, Hey, hold on a second. When I started to think differently, my actions followed. So Lyme was the first catalyst in me realizing that there was something there in the mindset. Mm -hmm. And I had never lived my life before then, even realizing, and again, this is another reason for the book. I never realized even the concept of, Hey, I don't have to believe every thought that comes in my head. Right. You know, is that even true? So this was a a long journey. I healed myself hundred percent. I healed my gut, my thyroid, and it led me down this road. As I, as I said previously onto, wow, the power of food. So I go down that road and then I have my third kid and I had asked God, i had written a letter and it was in my, I called it my prayer box. It's still in my closet today. And I wrote a letter to God. This is when I was sick. And I said, the sign to me when I get well is I'll have another kid because I'd had a miscarriage when I was sick with Lyme. Mm-hmm. I missed a good two years of my other kids' lives because there was no memory there. And so when I got well, I got pregnant with my youngest, Broden, who's now eight. It was just a, a magical time in my life right then. So when I became a nutritionist and a health coach, and I really, really started to just claim my power back, so to speak, mm-hmm. that's when things in my marriage started to go downhill.
2: Change that dynamic.
3: <laughs> I didn't mean to make you cry.
2: Oh, we're oh, both God. we're both crying. I'm, I'm like <laughs> I'm so emotional. I. I'm just so touched. And I'm just, yeah, I'm so, I'm so freaking grateful to be having this conversation because I think it will inspire so many people. And I love, I love inspiring people that might be in the dark places that you talked about, that I've talked about, that Sierra, you've talked about. I love that. So, yes, continue. Your story is. Incredible. Thank you. I
3: appreciate that. And you know, Amber, you understand that when you're writing the book, it just brings out this emotion, right? Oh, yes. And now I got my nose and eyes are, are running. Um, <laughs> it brings out this emotion in you that's just really raw and real. Yep. But there's just certain things that sometimes when I talk about them, I'm fine. And then there's just other days where you're just like, you just feel more sensitive. Mm-hmm. So for right now, and you know, those of you who who don't know, Amber and I are in the editing process of our books, and so it's really, really fun. But you're rereading it over and over again, and it's and it's weird, right? Because you're like, oh wait,
2: I'm reading my own book, right? And it's a little emotional. So this is like super raw right now, right? Oh, very. I was talking to Siri yesterday, <laughs> crying because I'm reliving a lot of my life experiences that I look back on, and I'm like, who was that woman? Who was that girl? Like, yeah. you know, I'm not. No, that's today. right. There
3: yeah. is a sign. That's a Sign of growth, I believe, when you don't recognize your old self. Right. I mean, you want to do that in a good way, right? Not in like, man. <laughs> 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 hey. But yeah. no, it's like, wow, look how far I've come. Yeah, totally. So I'll give a little hint out, a little clue. My prologue references this a little bit. I was told in this marriage that I would never make more than minimum wage. I couldn't support our family if it was up to me Mm -hmm. and nobody would ever want to pay me. And I was stupid and worthless, right? Again, I accepted the labels and I put them on me. But when I started to just get this fire burning inside of me of nutrition, right? I'm just like, gosh, there's so many people I can help. I know there's people that were where I was with Lyme disease, right? It's like when I was sick with Lyme, all I wanted to do was find the story of hope. The person who was as sick as I was, that got well. Mm-hmm. And then I realized that that's what I'm supposed to be doing. I am supposed to be that story. As I started to go back to school, become, it's like, here I am at that point, I was 37. And I just right now realized what it was that I was supposed to be doing here on earth, right? Mm-hmm. And so I just had this fire inside of me, but at the same time, I had somebody trying to push me down all the time, but I still was just like, you know, whatever, maybe he's right, but I got to keep going after it. And then I created Revived by Jana and I started to see clients and I had my website and I and I built it all. And it was like, I was proud of myself and I didn't even know what a narcissist was at this time. I mean, I'd heard the word. I didn't know what the definition was, right?
1: Yeah, it didn't become more popular of a word until in the past like oh, five years maybe. Last two years, or really four, yeah, five. Yeah. It's just
3: been like, wow. And then there's a little bit of an overuse, right? For me, mm-hmm. I didn't realize that that was who he was. So the thing with narcissists to know and I recorded an episode about this the other day, my narcissist 101. I've really just now started to help people with it because I didn't realize how much I really had to share and help until I really helped some women that were in a bad of a situation as I was. And I was like, man, it's like I'm helping someone and, and, and it's working, you know, mm-hmm. when you are with a narcissist and you're not aware of it, you had the love bombing at first, right? You know, it's like, oh, they made me feel so good and they love me. Ooh. And then they reel really, you in, they start to learn about you and they want to learn about you because your past becomes their playground. Mm. And every little thing they learn about you, they're going to use it against you. and They're going to use it to manipulate you. Mm. Unbeknownst to me, when I become something for myself that was outside of what I was told to do and how I should do it and who I should be. Well, his true color started to show. I'm like, who is this person? Like, this isn't who I've been married to for 13 years. Oh, well. I had an inkling that he was having an affair. We have three kids. I still was the controller of eight entities that we owned. So basically an accountant. And I also had revived by Jana. I did everything. I ran the household. I did it all. That person all of a sudden was just never there. Acting different behavior towards me was pretty bad. Very demeaning and critical and put me down. Six months after my suspicion, I saw the proof. Mm -hmm. He was having an affair. So that went on for two years and I was lied to, I was told it ended and so forth and so forth. When I found the proof, that was the second and final catalyst. So for me to answer your question, it was two different catalysts. It took me to my knees and prompted me to just, there was only one way I could go up from there. I couldn't go any, any further down. I left that day and I packed and I just, I went to Oklahoma I have no one I know there. I just wanted to go. It was a, there was a town, my mom and my daughter and I had went to a few years prior and I just wanted to go back there. And I wanted that nine hour drive from Austin, Texas to Oklahoma. And I just cried and I poured my heart out. I was like, man, God did. Was Lyme disease not enough? What did I do? I don't, I can't, I can't even stand to see someone hurt. I've done nothing but be a good, faithful wife. And I don't understand why. Once again, I feel like I'm not good enough. What's wrong with me? What did my three kids do to deserve this? I got just flooded with emotions and I had to pull over on the side of the road. And I swear it's like God's just, God showed me what forgiveness was right then and there in that moment. Up to then, I believed that. Forgiveness meant that, Hey, what you did was okay. That's not what forgiveness meant. I just never knew that forgiveness is not for the other person. It's for you. Forgiveness is saying you bled on me once, but you're not going to bleed on me every damn day afterwards. I'm forgiving you because that's not on me. And then you allow that's when the universe is then can handle that person call it karma. I don't give a shit. It's just <laughs> that it's not a weight in your life anymore.
0: Mm-hmm.
3: I stayed there for a week and I was by myself. There was no TV, there was no radio. I just did a lot of soul searching. It was in that moment that I found a therapist. I didn't care what I was told anymore that therapists for crazy people and da 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 and whatever. I didn't ask if that amount was approved for me to spend. I didn't didn't give a shit anymore. And I was sick and tired of being told what to do. I am naturally a very independent, strong-willed person, very opinionated, if y'all can't tell. I had just been pushed into this box by him and by everybody else, the safety box, right? I was fucking tired of it. I had felt the most pain I'd ever felt in my life. And then it was also like everyone else that had bled on me and all this shit, it just all came to a head in that moment. And I was just like, fucking wanted to just break free. I was tired of it. I was tired of all those invisible chains holding me the fuck back. I went back and I poured myself into therapy. And here's something that I didn't know. Therapy isn't to fix you. If you're going to a therapist because you think you need to be fixed, it's never going to work. But If you're going to a therapist because you just want to understand things a little differently and have a different outlook and you know nothing's wrong with you, it can help. And I found a really great therapist. She was the one who taught me what a narcissist was. I just remember when I got home after that, obsession and I really started to dive into it because that's what I do. Right, I'm a research person. That's when it, it, I was like, holy crap. As I started to get my own strength and power and learn how to deal with a narcissist, mm-hmm. it just made him worse because the things that he always had done and he knew like, those are her triggers. This is how she'll react. And then I'm going to blame her for the reaction. And I'm going to be like, look, see, you're crazy. See, look how you're reacting.
0: That's you know, exactly what
3: he was going for. Mm-hmm. I just took it away. Going through that for a few years and then the divorce, I got my voice back. And the best thing I ever did was I learned how to communicate with a narcissist. It's been, ooh, it's almost been four years. A narcissist is never going to change. They're never going to stop being ugly to you. You can't control him or them or other people, but you can control yourself. You can change your outlook on life and your perspective, you can control what you allow to bother you. It's like you get that first, like, oh, I'm mad. And you're like, but hold on. Do I want to be mad? Is (laughs) it worth my energy? Yeah. Right. So with a narcissist, I learned you either you disengage or you don't engage. Send me a novel email. Hey, I know a publisher. If you want to write a book, (laughs) send me a novel email. I'm going to look through it. I'm going to find the logistics that you're really trying to talk about with the kids. And that's all I'm going to respond to. And If there's nothing like that, you're not even going to get a response. So, going down that road, that was the last and final catalyst to me, not only finding my voice and myself and my wings, but to finally really knowing this is exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. This is exactly where I'm supposed to be in life. Yes, I am a good nutritionist, but the mindset, that's where it's at because you cannot be more successful than your mindset. Your actions follow your thinking. So, I can teach you all day long how to eat, how to be healthy. But if your mindset's not there, it doesn't matter. (laughs)
2: <laughs> no, it was so good. I, w- Siri and I were like, I mean, wow. First of all, thank you for being so honest and so vulnerable and so courageous and sharing your story in the way that you do and being such an inspiration. When Siri and I were talking about doing this podcast, The Embodied Woman, I thought of you because, oh, to me. Thank you. Yeah. I mean, but to me, that's what it is, right? To go through everything that you've gone through and to take your power back, to use, everything that you've gone through for good to embody all of who you are, who you were meant to be, the life that you were meant to live, all of your gifts and the truth of who you are. This is who you are embodying. And all of that before that was not the truth of who you are. And that's why that relationship had to end. That's why the relationship, my marriage had to end because I was not embodying the truth of who I was when I got into that relationship. And so similar to you, when I started becoming empowered and embodied and taking my power back, it really put a lot of uh, tension on the relationship even more because that's not the silent agreement that we had made. Yeah. They
3: don't like that, right? This isn't just men. I'm going to tell you the hardest narcissist to my therapist taught me about the kind of narcissist that he was. And then I found out a year or so later about covert narcissists, right? The hardest ones to spot are the female covert narcissist. I had a best friend at the time that I did not know was one. Mm. And so it's not just men. I don't want any men listening to think that I'm singling them out at all because this is in men and women, you know, narcissists absolutely don't like it. If you exhibit your power and your independence, that's a really easy way. Honestly, if someone's ever wondering like, well, oh, how do I know? Well, stick to your guns, be strong and independent. And Hey, they can't feed off of you that right way. That leech can't attach to you. <laughs> if you don't give them anything to suck on They're leeches, that's what they are. Narcissists are the most insensitive, fragile humans. And they build this facade and this false reality to protect themselves and to show that they are the opposite of what they really feel inside. They don't handle strong people very well. That's really the easiest way to know if you're dealing with a narcissist. That's what I have learned, anyways.
1: I also learned that it's because they didn't get their needs met, and I'm not saying that's an that's excuse, but I'm saying that's what I think forms that.
3: A hundred percent. Oftentimes, they did not have the maternal affection and love and coddling and or they were only praised for like when they did good, right? You know, for me, I tell my kids I love them every day, whether they're being ornery or not.
0: Mm
1: hmm unconditional often,
3: love oftentimes narcissists don't have unconditional love they only got praised when they did something good you know narcissism is a disease interesting times they get so wrapped up that they don't even realize they're lying they believe start to believe their own lies
2: yeah it's I mean that's a whole that could be a whole episode in itself it's 10 you know, more as far episodes. as all that yeah for sure I think the the takeaway and the hope is that when we become our most empowered embodied version of ourselves, we have more discernment in all of our relationships. I mean, I'd love to hear from you also what you believe you know makes you an embodied woman or what you think that means. For me, I would say I, I know my worth. I know my value. I love myself. I've integrated all aspects of myself. I am more discerning. I am more powerful. I feel that fire that you talked about burning inside of me. Yeah, I mean, you've shared a lot about the life experiences that you've had that clearly make you an expert in what you do now and, and how you can help people because you've successfully navigated so many things. Can you share with us, like when you hear the word embodied or being an embodied woman, what does that mean to you?
3: I think it it means being unapologetically authentic and true to yourself. I do feel that women are much more critical of women than they should be. Mm-hmm. I don't think it's like that with guys as much, at least I don't see that. They're a lot more accepting of one another. And I don't think that women are as accepting of each other as they should be.
1: Yeah, that yeah. I think we've really been conditioned, sad. conditioned to see each other as a threat.
3: Yeah, that makes and that you know, it makes me sad for me, I dealt with not feeling good enough for a really long time. There wasn't a lot of girls or women that liked me, you know, you cuss too much. I'm a tomboy, I behave a little bit more like a boy. So for me, the word embody means I embodied all that I was and authentically am. And I'm not everybody's cup of tea, but I don't want to be. It's just being true Mm. to myself, being the best person that I can be every single day. If you're a mom, to me, it means being the best mom you can be, raising your kids. Look, if you don't deal with your wounds, then you're giving them to your kids to deal with. So try to be the best version of yourself so that your kids can do the same. That's what embody means to me. Just trying to be your very best every day, constantly growing and evolving, never stop learning and just embracing every little part of yourself and loving and accepting yourself
1: for all you are. Beautiful. So I'm curious because we know that you're using food as medicine. That's Mm -hmm. one of your tools, your major tools (laughs) that you learned. So what are some other tools that people can tap into that you feel you're most embodied when you're doing that activity or that practice?
3: Amber and I talked about this when we first met, <laughs> became book buddies. This process of writing a book really, I think, brought me a lot of reminders that I had to go back to, right? Because it was so different and my life became very different for six months. I had to go back to this a lot and even write little notes on it. Was some days I just had to recenter myself. Going through the book writing process, it brought out a lot of things that even though I felt healed, it still was just like a lot at once. And I just felt like I got off track a little bit. Some days when I really started writing the book in that first month, I realized I was like, oh my gosh, I've been really grouchy and not myself for four weeks. And I don't like who I am right now. Mm
0: -hmm. And
3: I realized that I was writing about some really deep things and it was causing me to react as if I was back in that time of my life. Mm -hmm. And so for me, when I get into those hard moments like that or days, because we all have them, sometimes for me, it's just how I reconnect and that's meditation, music and getting outside in nature. Sometimes just taking a break and saying, I'm not going to accomplish a whole lot in this mindset and I need to go get in a better mindset. So I like to go play with my kids, laugh with them. Sometimes I just want to go listen to my music and just belt it out. Sorry, neighbors. (laughs) For me, it's just kind of just like recentering yourself, shake it off, so to speak. Right. And we all have different ways of doing it. But I honestly think, and this is one of the last sub chapters in my book, it's called The Power of Alone Time. I really do believe that the power of alone time really is what recenters us because I don't think a lot of us get true alone time. We feel it with stuff. We got to be doing something. I don't want to tell anybody I didn't do anything. It sounds lazy. And we fill our lives with so much crap that you can't self-reflect if you're never alone with yourself. Mm-hmm. So for me, the power of alone time is ultimately what I need to recenter and to reflect on my life. And Mm, I think there's a lot of power in alone time and nobody should feel guilty about it. And by the way, if anybody judges you, if someone judges you ever in your life, there are a weed, pluck them and get the fuck out because (laughs) you should only be surrounded by people who love and support you. Hmm. I will never again, ever in my life, live with someone or have someone in my life that makes me feel guilty for being me or for doing what I have to do for myself. There is a reason on the plane. They tell you to put the oxygen mask on first because you're not good for anybody else. If you're not there.
1: Got it. The okay. love Amen. it. A I long love that. time for the win. That's <laughs> yes. A long time.
3: It's, I mean, Adele, Adele's always
1: good. Oh, uh, <gasps> <torn> Dangle. <laughs> Adele is my favorite
2: belting Helps out me with my book a lot Adele to uh, and having alone time. I think those are two incredibly powerful embodiment practices. Singing yeah. loudly, yeah, <laughs> being alone. I I never knew how much I enjoyed being alone until I got a divorce and I was forced to be alone because my kids would be with their dad and so I had a lot of opportunities to learn how to be alone and now I'm like my kids are like, "Yeah, mom loves being alone." I'm like, "Oh, I mean, yes." <laughs>
3: But you're right. That was the same thing for me. The hardest day for me of that whole divorce, the absolute most painful day of my life to this moment was the day that I had to tell my kids about the divorce. And then he took them that first weekend oh, yeah. and that emptiness of the house was brutal. I mean, I honestly felt like I could just physically see my heart on the forest in pieces. Right. Yeah. But I remember the first time I walked back into the house after that person had got all of this stuff the next day. And I could finally feel my energy for the first time. And that was the moment for me. Like you just said, for you, that was the moment where I was like, this feels really good. That's been his energy all along that I was feeling. And I do want to keep this house and I'm going to make it my own. And this is my energy. I was for the first time was like, I kind of, I'm, I'm going to look forward to being alone. I need it. I need it to heal. And that's where I've gotten most of my book writing done is every other week. <laughs> <laughs>
2: yeah oh I my mean, god this is such a great conversation i i keep talking
1: i also feel like once you become a mother you just crave that alone time
3: yes because you can't think you get overwhelmed i have three kids i'm like i'm fixing to be on a show y'all can't yell or scream and it's just <laughs> one two th- there's three of them it feels like there's 30 right <laughs> Oh, I know. Oh yeah. I oh, love, yeah. I highly recommend anybody who's going to go, you know, buy a house anytime in the future, get your master closet inside of your master bathroom. That's two different doors you get to lock.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
3: oh, I, hey, love I love. That. I love being in my bathroom and my closet. Oh, me too. You know what? Make me it comfortable, too. make it cute. You know, I I recently got remarried and I don't give a shit if he likes pink or not, but thank God he does. (laughs) I'm like, this is my house and my pink couch and then my closet with my foo-foo stuff. I spend a lot of time here. Okay.
2: (laughs) I love that so much. Oh my God. I I
1: will sit in a hot bath with the door locked for as long as possible. Isn't
3: that the best? Little Epsom salts and bubble bath. The lights are dim. Oh, Sarah McLachlan, Adele, Lauren Daigle. (laughs) I just can go on and on. Love it. And I'm just like. Peace out.
1: Peace out. Oh, <laughs> your, do you have a candle that you light? I do.
3: I I have a candle that I keep in my bathroom. And I'm huge on, what are they? The battery candles. With uh-huh. the remote. Okay. I love those darn things. Those are great. I don't have to worry about burning my hair. I have caught my hair on fire in the bathtub. <laughs> I was pregnant with my third and my belly was so big. Oh. I was trying to shave my legs. Oh my God. And I didn't realize how I had my bun. Well, you have and a lot of like, hair. What's that smell? <laughs> oh, my hair. I had to dunk in my head in the bathtub. Not good sight. Not a good sight. Not a good sight. Oh my sight. goodness.
2: God, this conversation is so amazing. So I know that your book is coming out in December. December.
3: Yeah, oh December God. 11th. Oh
2: Yay! Press. I'm behind you. Mine's coming out in January. so It I'm, goes fast, especially when it's in life. editing now. And I'm like, oh, shit's real. Alright. It's really happening. It's really, really (laughs) happening. Well, you are such an incredible inspiration. It makes me so happy to have these kinds of conversations because there could be women that are listening who, you know, who've had Lyme disease or who have been in a relationship with a narcissist. I mean, so many things that you've been through or who have had a vision to write a book and are, have been afraid to, I mean, you are an example. You are an embodied Woman living example of what is possible. And that well, is thank you.
3: And so are y'all, right? And that's, you know, y'all's podcast, you writing your book. It's, uh, I just think that what we're the most scared of, we should probably be doing. I have a new take on life, and that is if it scares me, I'm fucking doing it because I'm tired of giving in to fear and I'm not going to do that anymore.
1: Mm-hmm. Jana, you're very inspiring. And just Thank something you. that I notice is just your voice carries so much warmth and oh, wisdom. I appreciate that. So much warmth and wisdom. It's so beautiful to listen to you. I can tell that you've done a lot of work.
3: <laughs> a lot of work, a lot of sloppy days on the face. I wear my emotions on my face. And then I, I learned about Botox. And so it's really, really helped. <laughs> <laughs> you get 42 the wrinkles show no i appreciate Girl. that i uh, honestly i've never really liked my voice it was hard to hear when i started my podcast uh, and then i've heard some comments about oh, you have a soothing voice I'm you like, do that's i I'm glad to know that. It's not as soothing my kids say when I sing. They don't like it when I sing.
2: Well, I find it very soothing, very comforting, very warm, very inviting. I think that our listeners are going to absolutely love listening to you. Oh,
3: well, thank you so much. I've I've really enjoyed. I could talk to y'all for a few more hours. The I The landscapers just decided to show up.
2: Oh, perfect timing! We so, <laughs> we're so we're so grateful. They
3: the landscapers know. They're like, she's about to record.
1: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we're so grateful. Thank you. <laughs>
3: Thank you so much. Thank you. Thanks for having me. I've honestly, this has been one of my favorite shows I've done. I've really enjoyed this conversation. I could talk with y'all all day.
2: Oh, well, we we like to talk for long periods of time. <laughs> yeah. <That's-> we don't <laughs> stop. <laughs> That's all um, right. We will put all of this in the show notes, but. Can you just tell people where can they find you and in what ways can they work with you? And um, what's the release date one more time of your book? Thank
3: you. Unfuck Your Mind comes out December 11th. It'll be on Amazon first and foremost. And then I'm going to obviously I'm going to try to get in some brick and mortars. Revivebyjanna.com is my website and social media is all revived by Janna. And that's with two N's. And now to confuse you, my podcast is Revive with Janna because you can only revive with me, right? Yeah, (laughs) that's where everybody can find me. And I'm going to have a course soon on my website that's going to kind of come out with the book Mm -hmm. to just kind of help people start the process of unpacking it all.
1: Right? Beautiful. And
3: how do you know what your limiting beliefs are? Where do they stem from? You know, because that's what everybody wants to know. So hopefully that's going to help everybody out.
1: Yes. Thank you so much. This y'all, is wonderful. Y'all. Yeah. You're going to help I'm, a I'm lot excited. of women. Absolutely.
3: Hey, I think that women empowering women is one of the best things ever. I think we all just need to love and accept each other a little more because we all have our own battles. To that's fight. right. And it doesn't help when someone's just, you know, being rude. Mm-hmm. Maybe we could just all be nicer people. Don't be rude.
1: Don't. Don't be rude. Thank you oh, so much. I hope y'all day. have
3: a really good day. You too. You too.
1: So that was incredible. Thank you so much for Amber bringing Jana into my life. I know she's already been in your life, but she's so inspiring. What a like miracle story and what a way of changing what I call poison into medicine as from my Buddhist practice, as we say. I mean, you and I were
2: just both so emotional, like listening to her story. She's a really good storyteller. And I could feel her emotion. I mean, I was like reliving it with her. Yeah. And also resonating with a lot of what she was talking about yeah wow when she said she went through her Lyme disease you know she'd kind of come out of that and then she was dealing with her marriage stuff and she Mm -hmm. said God you know it's like she had one of those moments with God like really wasn't that Lyme enough Mm -hmm. it just hit me because that's how I feel like I had my back issues and like that was my first catalyst yeah I had to go through a divorce that was the second catalyst I was just feeling so grateful when she shared that because I know that she and I are not alone in that experience that's right
1: yeah I mean I was just thinking women telling stories we're in a movement right now of women telling their stories on podcasts and in books and in one woman shows like we are in a movement of women speaking up and telling what's really going on and that's new. That's exciting. I'm really proud and honored that we get to be
2: a part of that movement. I am too. I was getting so fired up when she was talking, Siri, because I was like, we are a part of this movement. Yeah. Being here and showing up and saying yes to the inspired idea that we had to do this. Like, We get to be a part of this movement and get to give a platform to people like Jana to share her story. And God, to hear somebody driving her car, thinking about driving over the cliff because she didn't want. To wake up the next day to like where she's at now where she has a fucking book coming out next month and she's in a new marriage. I mean, it's, inc- it's a miracle. I was listening to
1: her thinking, why is it that all the like most powerful people and stories come from those come to Jesus moments? It seems like there's this pattern of hitting rock bottom in order to have this thing that you're going to give to the world. It seems like it's part of this process. It's
2: the hero's journey or the yeah. heroine's journey. Yeah. The- that's what it, the archetype, that's the story. Yeah. And we've said this when we had the podcast, when I was sharing about my addiction, mm-hmm. I said, if it's not for something good, why the right. heck did I go through it? Yeah. And so I think that's, you know, where we all are right now is like, okay, we all, we've all been through some really, really tough stuff mm-hmm. and we've come to the other side. Mm-hmm. And so now there, there has to be a reason that we went through it and there has to be a purpose for it. And that's what we're doing by yeah. sharing our
1: stories. And change your karma into your dharma or your poison into your mouth medicine however you want to word it her voice is just very healing I'm just soaking it all in still I feel very honored to get to listen to these women's stories
2: yeah yeah. I do too and you know I loved when she was talking about God I love when she was talking about her faith and how when she said that she prayed to lose her faith because that was the only (sighs) thing that kept her going right that hit me because I Like there have been times where I've wanted to not necessarily take my life, but like I've wanted to give up. Yeah. I wanted to, you know, just be like, I can't do this anymore. It's too hard. But I have this faith that lives in me, that burns in me, that I know I'm here. The charcoal
1: she was talking about. I love that metaphor.
2: Yeah. Like when you lose your faith, that's it. And she knew that even at the darkest moment in her life, she knew that that little, like the mustard seed of faith is what kept her, her going. As long as you have that, anything, anything is possible. So, okay. Love you, Amber. I love you too. I think that also one more thing I was going to say, like Mm -hmm. what made me think about when you said, I'm glad that I brought her onto this. That's why I started talking about God, because I feel like it's all like this divine orchestration because I said yes to writing my book. And then I got to meet her through the publisher because I said yes. Mm -hmm. I said yes to signing up for the Kathy Heller course and I got to meet you. And now we get to do these fun things. So I think it's really important to mention that sometimes, when you say yes, there are things that are possible that will come of you saying yes that you can't even see, like meeting people like you, like creating this, like meeting people like Jana. So next time you feel an inspired thought, say yes. I was gonna say that feels like your next book, but I think
1: that. Oh no! Oh no! It was yes, please. Yes. I read please. Amy. I think it was Amy Poehler's book. I think it was called Yes Please. Ooh. I- You're so similar to her in the Inside Out character. Yeah. Me- <laughs> That maybe your maybe your book is say yes your next one. Yes. <laughs> Give me a break, here. Yes, I, I
2: got through this one.
1: Oh, All right, I love you, love you, Amber. And I decided to create a membership for women, the Embodied Woman Sisterhood. We will be now hosting this supportive, safe, loving, empowered sisterhood space once a week. This is for women who are committed to their growth and evolution and to raising each other up in all aspects of their lives. We will be providing life and spiritual coaching, empowered dance, mountain breathwork infused with Reiki, and opportunities for deep catharsis together. We can't wait to join in supportive sisterhood with you ladies. Please feel free to share with any women you feel could benefit from this support, healing, and growth. It's a monthly membership but you can cancel at any time we would love to have you become a founding member in the embodied woman sisterhood today you can email me siri at Wellness.com. so way to go for getting through that podcast way to go for giving yourself the opportunity to listen in on all these little insights and to have the opportunity to connect with a beautiful guest that we had today and i'm so grateful Hi. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for your time. I really value the ability to be able to share this time with you. I so look forward to connecting with you further. And if you're interested in having your own mountain breath work infused with Reiki experience, you can also reach out to Siri at SageAndBlushWellness.com or you can just go onto SageAndBlushWellness.com website and get your first class free. You just type in first class free when you go to purchase the class if this brought you value please share with a loved one email text them share it on social media you can tag me at Siri Baruch Thornton and I look forward to reposting your tag have a beautiful rest of your day and remember you are enough just as you are
0: Everything I want to be I am living up my destiny I am, I am, I am The embodied woman We took everything we know We turned ashes into gold Feed ourselves from everything That kept us from being From.